0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kim Barra Show. I am your host, Kim Barra, And on today's episode, we are joined by the amazing Miss Ellie Swift. So if you're someone who's a coach, you work online, and you're really trying to figure out like what's the best approach you should be taking, what sort of models you should be looking at, this is an episode you will not want to miss because Ellie breaks down all that and more. And of course, if we can ever help you market your business to grow it online, head over to marketingmogul.com.au where we've got you covered. But until then... Let's jump into the show. Ellie, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate you making the time.
1: Pleasure. So happy to be here. Fellow Perth, fellow Perth buddy.
0: I know, Perthian's just hanging out. I love it. Now, I always like to start the podcast off the same way every time, which is if you and I were at a party and I was ch- we were chatting away to each other and I said, what is it that you actually do? What's your go-to answer?
1: It would depend who you are because I find that if you – As somebody who is, oh, this is going to sound ageist, but if you were like, say, 60 plus, then I would probably answer it in a different way. But if it was you, the person in front of me, uh, I would say that I'm a business coach for online business owners. And I work with females uh, who are building incredible online businesses who are coaching uh, coaches, creatives, and consultants.
0: Awesome. So, what do you say if I was a sixty year old what would you tell me?
1: <laughs> I would probably say that uh, I support people to build businesses, and I specifically work online, so yeah, support on people internets. yeah <laughs> I, I work on the internet
0: yeah yeah i love it. I love it so so, what made you like what was some of the your experience leading up to it and jumping into helping businesses that want to grow online because obviously, it's um in the world of business coaching. It's a very specific niche and type of business, especially if they're working with coaches, consultants, creatives, things like that. What's uh, what drew you into that field?
1: Yeah, so I've always worked in marketing. So I um I had a really like linear trajectory in my career where I graduated uh, school, went straight to uni and studied marketing and PR, and then finished at Curtin University, like in new specifics because you know. Hmm. Uh, and then I moved to London straight after that. I had, I guess, like a thirst for adventure and was really keen to, to start traveling. And I was literally the, the kind of naive Australian door knocking in London, begging for a job when I you know, had no experience and started working in agency and throughout my whole 20s um, worked in marketing agencies in, in London, in Sydney, and then back in Perth. And when I was 27, I hit what I thought was like my ultimate goal, which was head of marketing strategy for a private agency um, back here in Perth. And uh, reached the goal, felt nothing. In fact, felt worse than I, I thought I would at that time when, you know, I quote unquote had everything I'd ever wanted. And it, it led me on a journey of of soul searching, of really kind of going, well what is it that I do want if it's not this? Because I know that I really love marketing. I know that I really love mentoring my people. And I started researching and seeing that there was this thing called life coaching. And I thought, okay, well, maybe it's just me doing that on the side um, and supporting people in new ways, uh, doing that. And so I started life coaching in the evenings, but obviously having worked with small, medium, and large businesses for the last decade in marketing, I was getting a lot of small business owners who were like, actually, we really want your support with marketing. Um, And so I started supporting them. And as I was doing so, I I recognized that there was this niche with small business owners where as I was supporting them with their marketing and having the new life coaching experience, something kept coming up, which I hadn't experienced before when I was working more with enterprise-based businesses. And that was the mindset challenges that come up when you are both the CEO of your company and also the person who is the face having to show up every single day uh, on camera, on lives, on stage, whatever it might be, and the challenges that are associated with, with doing both roles and wearing both hats and so I started incorporating these two strands of, of mindset and marketing together and was getting really epic results with, with the framework that I was teaching in the way that I was supporting my clients. Um, fast forward six months and I quit my job and moved into my business, um, was fully booked quite quickly. Over the last three years, I've I've built it up and transformed it. So now it's a mastermind model. Predominantly, I work with about 50 women at a time um, and yeah, the the rest is history.
0: Nice, I love that. and so um, so you, you deliver it in a mastermind model, how long does it take for when people come through like what's the sort of process because um, I'm assuming this is going to be an assumption, but I'm going to assume that they probably have all different levels and probably varying problems that they're facing uh, when they come in how do you how do you kind of manage that?
1: Yeah, so it's interesting because i I I still have kind of like an income level that people are at. So my mastermind supports people who are 2K to 10K. And then I've got an inner circle experience, which is where I support people who are earning six figures and building to multi six and seven figures. When I kind of look at the process, though, what I've found, and, and I'm sure you've probably experienced a similar thing, is that the difference between earning, say, 10K months and like 50K months is it's the same process, but really just refined. And so when I am supporting my mastermind, I find that a lot of people continue coming through that experience because we're really teaching the same concepts, but we're just teaching them in an elevated way, depending on where they're at. Um, And the way that I teach within my mastermind is that there's a bespoke element. So I am coaching them and meeting them where they're at, because I, I really believe that Every every business is is so unique, and there's an element of of needing that. And I know that the way you work, you obviously coach and incorporate a lot of that that personalized approach as well in in the way that you show up. So, I I start with people when they're earning two you know two k plus, and I've got a range of different lower end programs that people can go through, which are shorter, sharper programs when they're starting out the gate in their business. Um, but that's really that's really my preference. I love that. Okay, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm often racing um, and I'm at that point where I really want to commit.
0: Yeah, amazing. And what are, the, what are some of the similarities or uh, maybe not some similarities that you see across people where it's like, uh, I kind of see this same um, mistake being made time and time again, something that hinders those people from kind of getting you know, results maybe faster, easier, smoother?
1: Yeah. So the framework that I teach, the SWIFT marketing method is the, the model that to build a successful online business, you really need to be focusing on your mindset, your marketing and your strategy. And when you do all those three things, you've got the ability to build something really powerful and sustainable. And so to answer each of those three things, the mindset thing I would say is not adopting. What I say so often is people not adopting a CEO mindset. So when I talk about CEO mindset, it's essentially this concept of like putting your CEO hat on and making decisions from that place rather than letting your feelings, your emotions dictate how you run your business. So Ellie, the human might want to, you know, spend her Wednesday afternoon having a nap because that's what feels good for me. But with my CEO hat on, Ellie, the CEO, my business might require me to be on three sales calls that day. So being able to really take on that that CEO approach and go, as the CEO, what does my business really need from me? The the marketing thing that I see the most is not uh, really owning showing up and being afraid of being seen and being afraid of being seen consistently. So resisting um, this idea that you can be out there sharing constantly and that you're not going to overwhelm people and that you're not going to be in people's face over and over again, but rather that people actually need to see that message from you. I think we're up to like statistically 27 times now, and it just keeps going up and up and up before they're going to purchase from you. And so knowing like moving through that of actually, I need to be showing up consistently and I need to really be in front of my ideal client consistently to generate results. And then um, strategically, strategy wise, uh, the biggest challenge I see there is throwing shit against the wall and seeing what sticks rather than actually going in with a plan. So, you know, being, I guess, at the mercy of the online space, um, you know, as a consumer and saying, oh yeah, these types of Facebook ads are working really well. Plus this type of Pinterest marketing is working well. Plus this type over here, like, and then allowing yourself to get so consumed by all of the ways that you could potentially show up in your business because you're seeing all the other ways that other people are generating success rather than coming back to, well, what are you selling? What are you sharing? Who are your ideal clients? How are you going to show up to create a really incredible consumer experience that's going to direct your customer to you, Um, knowing that actually incorporating too many elements is going to hinder your process and it's the antithesis of creating success because it's going to slow you down. It's going to consume, confuse your customer. Um, it's going to confuse you and it's going to stop you from really being able to um, yeah, cr- create that consistency and generate consistent sales. So those would be the three core things.
0: And I've got to ask, is, out of curiosity, is that a genius model that you use to, to kind of map that out
1: No, no, No? I, um, I, um, I think just from working in marketing for a really long time, I know that having a framework is really key. Um, definitely what I teach. So I teach it as, um, like a signature framework method. And so that's really just me kind of adopting that approach of creating that differentiation through that method. And I feel quite grateful that, um, that story kind of unraveled for me. Um, but I, you know, that said, I really believe that most people already have that in them. It's like, yeah, if you have the vision in you, there's going to be that story component within there that that sets you apart, that creates that differentiation. It's just about like drawing it out.
0: Yeah, hundred percent No, I love that. Yeah, because there's another guy from Perth as well, Simon Bowen, who invented the genius model. And it's literally like it's the three core areas and it's like the overlaps of them, and he has a whole models method around it. So whenever I hear someone say the word like, Model or method? I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's from Simon. Um, he's, I don't know <laughs>
1: Simon. I'm going to have to look him up.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. You, you because of how you articulated that. If you haven't already seen your stuff, you will love it. You yeah, you 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 froth over it. Check <laughs> um, say,
1: hey, I got confused as being one of your clients. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was <laughs> always just curious because I can normally when I see models, I can normally tell because it's like he has a very particular way of drawing them, um, yeah, which is always interesting yeah. as well. Yeah. So. And from, for yourself, then obviously you, you mentioned that linear progression. And for anyone hearing, it, it sounded like you went from a job, started doing a little something on the side, then you went to fully booked. Very it must have been super easy for you. You had no struggles, no hurdles, just just skyrocket success. Uh,
1: <laughs> not at all. What, what
0: what what were some of the biggest things that you kind of faced as you were going through that
1: process? Yeah, so my my biggest thing, and you know. I, I did have fast growth in the early years of my business, but that fast growth came as a result of having worked in marketing for 10 years. And so I think that's the, the really important thing to reference there is that I didn't start my business from nothing. And I have so many clients that start with no prior expertise and go on to create amazing businesses. Some quickly, some take a little bit more time. There's really no right or wrong. But for me, my story was that I very much had that quick growth because I also had this like ten years behind the scenes. And I think it's really important to say that because so often we can take hold of that and go overnight success. Like, oh, how did that happen? How do I replicate that? Um, but my biggest challenge were my biggest challenges were all related to to burnout. And, you know, not pricing myself as I should have from the get-go, being really boundaryless in the way that I was taking on clients. You know, I remember having the thought in the early days of my business of, I'll wake up from 4am and coach till 10pm if that's what's required of me. And that thinking was never going to serve me and it didn't. So six months into my business, I completely burnt out um, and that slowed me down in the long run. Uh, because I was working with way too many one-to-one clients. I was not charging enough. And it meant that I wasn't able to take what I was learning with those one-to-one clients and and scale and work on my business and create models in the way that I really needed to. And so the irony of that was that it really did slow me down longer term because I almost had to go back to the drawing board with my one-to-one model and change the way that I was working with my clients, change my pricing structure, all of those things. Um, And so that's the 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 biggest challenge that I faced and the biggest recommendation I would would make is just be really mindful of creating a business from the start that is not going to burn you out. Like trading time for money absolutely is something that you can do when you're building your business. And I am all for you know one-to-one services, I'm all for done for you services. But ultimately, you want to be doing it in a way that is setting you up to scale and you're being really mindful of what your process looks like long-term. So um, that, yeah, that was that was the biggie for me.
0: I'm glad you said that because it's like, to me, and I'll, I'll be curious to see what your... Um, like if I, if I came to you and I was doing, and I wanted to do one to one services, what you would tell me? Because I know that for me, when I see clients and because we obviously do, we do dumb for you services, we do marketing, Facebook ads for people. And then we also, um, at a high level, coach people in our, in our mastermind as well. And whenever someone comes to me and they're starting a new service or it's like a new avenue for them and they go to one to one, I always go like, oh. Like, I, can, I know the conversation that we're going to have in six months' time. Like, I just know it because I've seen it happen so many times. And it doesn't matter even how, how, how well I think I articulated to people. They're like, no, but I'm going to do that. And then in three months, they're like, remember how I said I wanted to do that? Yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm like, oh, really? Wow, what a, what a surprise but uh, what's your approach and feedback and, and insight when you see that um, if someone came to you and they're like oh look I really want to do um, or I think I'm going to start a new service and I want to do it as a as a one-to-one coaching
1: so I'm, I'm actually all for one-to-one when you're starting out because I really believe as an option if you're feeling that because I really believe that there's so much you can learn from that experience and there's so much that can come from that that really does support your business moving forward. If that's something that you are desiring of, the only thing I would say is really thinking about, well, if I do decide that I want to set this up to scale, what does the transition look like? Because when you know that from the get-go, then you're already being strategic in the way that you're moving forward. So for example, a client of mine quite recently, she's she's been running a group program model and she's really not enjoying it. And she said to me, I really, really want to work one-to-one right now. Like I cannot tell you how exciting that feels to me to offer one-to-one premium offers for my clients. And she asked me the question, though, could I do this in a scalable way? Like, is that going to be possible? And we've started talking about revenue share models and playing with options for her. And so with, with that at the forefront of her mind, she's able to go into this experience knowing that she's got opportunities moving forward if working really intimately one-to-one is the way that she wants to run her business. So just, just thinking ahead... Um, about what your business could look like. And I think the reason we shy away from doing so is because so often when we start, we kind of have this like, is that actually going to be possible for me? Like, am I actually going to be able to create a business that's that successful? Um, And and we, we limit ourselves because we don't necessarily believe that to be the case or we don't have enough evidence around us of other people that have done that. Um, and so, yeah, just just allowing yourself to think really big about what your business could look like and then taking the steps towards that rather than limiting yourself because you think that you can only do one-to-one work.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you said that in relation to the, like, focusing on what the actual goal is because that's, I think, where um, limits and hinders people is where they do it, as you say, because they think it's good to do now. But then if you don't have a transition plan, you don't have an approach on how you will make it, um, scalable, or how you want to, or how you want to specifically do it, or how you're going to make it premium um, as well, so that you can get that benefit is is where a lot of time I think people kind of fall over because it's like, well, yeah, you, there's only so many hours in the day, and if you're just exchanging the the time for dollars in that, it, it can become very difficult. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you uh, you okay. shared that part as well. Okay. So. For anyone that's out there and they they are a coach or business owner who is dealing with online, like what do you see? Being that like at the time of this recording, we're kind of in uh, start like mid mid September. Like what what should they be doing to prep themselves up for twenty twenty two? Being that that's like going to be here in a click of a finger.
1: Yeah, great question. So. It's really interesting because of what I'm seeing at the moment is a lot of people starting to, yeah, gear up for next year during this time. I also think there's in the Southern Hemisphere, at least there's uh, there's always a synchronicity between like, okay, spring's here. Let's go and actually and forecast ahead. Do
0: something, yeah.
1: Exactly. The, the biggest thing I would say, and, and this is very obvious and obviously I'll drill down a little bit, is like create a plan for what next year looks like because your plan for next year starts now. And allow yourself the opportunity to, you know, educate, learn, skill up, hire, you know, whatever you need to do to grow next year. Start that process now, because if you start that at the start of 2022, then you're already going to be behind. Because if you're building out funnels or new strategies or you're launching, um, you're going to need that that prep time in some way. So the biggest thing I would say is start that plan now, start investing, start working out um, what that looks like for you. Obviously there's so many models in the online space. And so I think when I hear that question, I'm like, there's so many ways I could answer this. I um, I don't teach like one particular model. I've got clients who have, um, you know, passive evergreen business models. I've got clients who do like a launch only models. Um, and I think that for for my clients, all options work based on what kind of business you're wanting to run, agency models, what have you. Um, but you know, with all of that in mind, I would get clear on what model feels like the right model for you and then running towards that particular model and making a plan for that particular model and then hiring mentors that can support you with that particular model. So rather than just kind of being vague about it and going, I want to make money online. It's like, how do you want to make money online? What does that look like? What kind of business do you want to create? Who are people out there that are expanders for you that when you look at their business, you're like, I want that. I often hear, because I work with a lot of coaches, um, I often hear, I want to coach and I want to speak on stages and I want to um you know, run courses and I want to run a mastermind. And, you know, I want to do all these things. And I definitely was the person saying that when I started my business as well, because I was like, all of it looks exciting, but, you know, we, we can't go after all the things at one time. It's not going to work for us. It's not going to support us. So coming back to what is the model you want to move forward with right now, and then taking the action to make that happen next year.
0: Yeah. Awesome. I think some great advice in there. So, um, Ellie, as we get towards the end of our time here together as well, I always like to ask a similar question every time to close the podcast off, which is, is there a question which I haven't asked you that I should have?
1: Ooh, great question. I don't believe so. I, You've given me the opportunity to talk about the Swift Marketing Method, which is how I do business and how I love to do business. Um, I guess if I was to speak to one thing right now that is probably going to provide the most value based on the questions I'm getting asked on repeat at the moment. Um, I'm just going to ask that question and answer it myself. I'm just going to take over your podcast, Kim. So the thing I'm getting asked right now is how do I keep showing up and selling in a global pandemic? How do I keep showing up and sharing when it feels like people don't have money right now? Um, And so just to answer that question, I do not believe that this time in history is you know a time where we can't make money in the online space. I've had so many clients have their hardest year in life and their best year in business this year and last year. And whilst absolutely we are seeing more and more noise online, what I think it's doing is creating a really amazing opportunity for people to get so so clear on the problem that they solve for their clients and having to demonstrate that through problem awareness and epic transformations. And it's weeding out people in the online space that are tire kickers, that are not doing the job that they need to do. And it's allowing those who are exceptional service providers to really rise. And so um, that's something that I would really keep in mind for anyone that's going, I can't sell, I can't do this, I can't do that. People right now still need your products and services. If they don't, then you need to pivot your business so that they do, Um, but don't stop selling and don't shy away because you think that the world doesn't need you right now.
0: Awesome, I think that's a very pertinent piece of advice and a great one to to finish on as well. And now, Ellie, if anyone's been listening and they go, I really like what Ellie's about, what she's been sharing. I wanna find out more. Where's the best place for people to connect with you online?
1: So you connect with me on Instagram is the best place. Come on over and send me a DM. It is Ellie H. Swift. There's a sneaky H in the middle there. Um, Or also come over to my podcast, Shine Online with Ellie Swift. If you're a fan of video or audio, well, if you're a fan of audio, then that's going to be the place for you. So Instagram or the podcast, best ways to connect.
0: Amazing. So guys, wherever you're listening, watching to this, we'll have those links above or below, uh, wherever they are. Click on them, check it out. And if you know someone, maybe they're someone who's having their first foray online or they've already been online for a little while, make sure that you share this episode with them so they can get some of the knowledge from Ellie on what she does, how she helps her clients um, with her SWIFT method. And of course, make sure you get this into as many people's ears as possible so that they can hear from Ellie's brilliance. Um, Ellie, again, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate you making the time.
1: Such a pleasure. Thanks, Kim. It's been fun. Thanks.
0: Bye.